sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintigard.com. We've been walking our way through the book of Matthew this year. Last year, we got into the Beatitudes that Jesus taught that pushed those really hard-to-believe truths into our hearts that we truly are blessed. Today, our our reading is a little bit different. Today's truth is, is not hard to believe, it's not hard to understand, but it is so difficult to carry out. We're going to hear today Jesus' teaching about ultimate love. I'll ask you to please stand as we read Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. You have heard it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the gospel of the Lord. I'll ask you to pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, you know that each one of us has someone lurking in our heart that we struggle with. Somebody who rubs us the wrong way, somebody who has hurt us, somebody who is out to get us. Father, we can feel the anger, sometimes the bitterness, sometimes the sense of betrayal rising in our hearts, and we know that's not the love you have for us. We pray for your spirit today through this word that you have given us so that we can love our enemies for your sake. Amen. We're going to start at the very beginning today. We are asked to love our enemies, and in order to love our enemies, we need to know who our enemies are. Right? If we're going to make an attempt to love the people who who are enemies to us, we have to be able to identify those people. I know it sounds like a strange place to start, but I think it's a totally relevant question. Who is your enemy? I'm going to start off by stirring the pot. I hope I'm not stirring it too much here. I, I, I was reading articles about, about who people consider to be their enemies, and, and I found many statistics that prove that between 15 to 25% of people lost friendships, lost family members, lost relationships because of the results of the 2020 election. Right? 
Now, I'm going to say this out loud, and you can argue with me later if, if you like. I'm going to say this out loud, that the family member that you argued with at Thanksgiving because of that election is not your enemy. That's not who Jesus is talking about here. And I googled around to see what, what people say about who their enemy is. And, and of course, I found a, a really wide range uh, of things that people said. Many people said, I am my own worst enemy. Many people also uh, identified government as being an enemy. Many people also uh, identified, you know, terrorist groups or, or school shooters. And, and then there were people who identified people more close to home, that, that, that co-worker that just makes you grind your teeth whenever you're in the same room with them, or that neighbor across the street who only ever is upset with you because of the way that you live your life. You know, it, it begs the question. There's so many things that we can think about. Who is your enemy? Who is Jesus calling on you to love? Now, of course, we can have general enemies. We, we can have enemies who are, are, are kind of generally out there for us. But I want to also offer you a different perspective alongside that. I'm going to speak very technically here. Technically speaking, technically, is the government my enemy? Maybe not. Because I don't think the branches of government have come into session to discuss how to make Paul Borman's life difficult. And technically, I don't know if I can say that, that, this, that a latest terrorist group is my enemy. Because I don't think that they sit in their strategic sessions talking about how they're going to take me down. Right? I, again, I'm not saying that we aren't able to have general enemies, but I am. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to push you into the kind of ultimate love that Jesus is commanding us to have for the people who are our enemies. Right? What he's saying here is not that we need to love people who are shooting at other people. He says you need to love people who are taking shots at you. I mean, look at what he says. He says, I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And that's crazy stuff. That is, that's crazy stuff. He's saying love the people who are personally antagonistic to you. And love the people who are masterminding malevolently against you. That's who Jesus is commanding you to love. And it is a hard command to follow, and Jesus knows it, right? We're in the Sermon on the Mount here. Last week, we looked at verses 1 through 12, and then we skipped about 30 verses to get here. And in those 30 verses, there was another command. Jesus said, love your brothers. Which is a comparatively a lot easier of a command to follow. Love those who are close to you. We can do that. And that's why Jesus follows this up. He, he understands that. He follows up his command here by saying, you know, don't the tax collectors also love their brothers? 
Don't pagans even do that? You know, don't the, the most violent drug rings take care of their own? Don't the terrorist groups love the ones that they're close to? Jesus is saying, no, you. You love your enemies. It doesn't take a godly spirit to love those who are close to you. You love the ones who persecute you. And you pray for them. And he says, by the way, do it perfectly. So who's your enemy? And it was probably not the guy who took your parking spot, even though you had your blinker on. And it's probably not the person who you considered a friend, but they stopped texting you back. That's not who Jesus is talking about. We're talking about the person who is hanging around in your life just to give you grief. The person who is sticking around in in your psyche just to stick it to you. The person who is actively working to make your life worse. You know, to use Jesus' examples, this is someone who is litigating against you to take your shirt and to take your coat, to take everything you have. This is someone who's trying to burn you financially. This is someone who's trying to smack you and assault you to your face. So I'm going to make it personal. Who is your enemy? Who is Jesus calling on you to love? You know, I'll I'll never ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. So I I did this. I I made a list of of people who have been my enemies in in my life. And I went through my my phone contacts. I went through my Facebook list. And it didn't take me very long. I, I found... The kid in, in grade school who even as a 5th, 6th, 7th grader, he, he worked actively to make sure that I wasn't invited to birthday parties and sleepovers. And, and I thought about the guy in high school who would, who would take me aside and lovingly explain to me why I didn't fit in. And then he would ask me to leave. And then I thought about the the football coach who, who in front of all of the other players, would take away any stroke of confidence that I had. And then I thought about the person who lives here in Portland who knows who I am as a Christian and as a pastor, and they are very, very willing to take advantage of everything about who I am. It didn't take very long. I wish it had taken longer, but I know why it didn't take very long. It's because when you have a person like that who has caused hurt to you, that hurt is always kind of right there under the surface. You know, you have that feeling at the very least of frustration, maybe anger, maybe betrayal, maybe just dark, dark bitterness. In just a few minutes, I came up with a list of people who had walked all over me, who had made me feel small, like I wasn't wanted, who who maybe even hated me. 
maybe you're able to do the same right now. Just, just in your mind. Uh, those emotions, they're right there, and all you have to do is think of that person's name, and, and that person comes boiling to the surface. That is the person that Jesus is calling unto to love. And I'm guessing, I'm, I'm guessing here that the person that you are thinking of right now has nothing to do with the government and has nothing to do with a terrorist organization. I'm guessing that the person that you are thinking of right now is someone who was or is someone who is very close to you. Someone who knows you so well that they know the exact comment that can destroy you and they use it. Someone who knows you well enough to push your buttons and they love pushing them. Someone who knows your weaknesses and exposes them. Someone at work maybe who, who just loves belittling you in front of other people. Maybe it's someone that, that you put so much effort into loving with your whole heart and they always hated you for it. And those are your enemies. Those are the ones that Jesus is calling on you to love and to take into the deepest, most sacred part of your heart and to pray for them. Now, if you are bringing up baggage this morning like I am, then maybe you're asking the question also, how is it possible? How is it possible to love my enemy? How am I expected to do that perfectly? If you're asking that question here this morning, then you are understanding the depth to which God expects you to love people then you are starting to understand the ultimate love to which you are called. And if also, if you are asking that question of how can I possibly love that person, then also you are exposing something in yourself. You are exposing the limits of your love. You're exposing the fact that there is a place in your heart that you just will not go for that person. Right? You think about it, that person that was so nasty to you and it takes all of your willpower to just not be nasty back to them, much less love them. And that person who, who talked and, and said something so horrible about you, it's so hard to even be in the same room as that person. And you're called on to pray for them. And that person whose personality just chafes against your own and it takes everything inside of you just to peacefully coexist and to not blow your top every five minutes, you are called upon to love them, to pray for them, and to do it Perfectly. 
And if you're asking yourself, how is that possible? Then you are showing in yourself that your love is, like mine, small and limited and conditional. And if you're realizing that that's true today, that your love has limits, then you are also forced to recognize something else. I'm convicting you here. If you are recognizing the limits of the love that you will give to someone else, you need to recognize that you are actually hostile. You are hostile to the kind of love that Jesus wants us to have in this world. We're saying to God, I won't do that. I won't love people like you're asking me to love them. We have to understand this. We have to understand this. Because it's only when we understand just how loveless our love really is and how woefully short we fall to the love that we are expected to love people with. That's the only time that we will recognize how great and lavish a love with which we have been loved. Do you know, do you know, do you understand the kind of love that God loves you with? Jesus had had an adjective for it. Did you notice what he called God? He, He called God our heavenly Father. Because God's love is so otherworldly and high and perfect and powerful and unconditional that the only way you can describe it is heavenly. You know, this is God. This is, a, this is a God who loves his enemies. Can you see that? This is a God whose love is so much greater than ours love could ever hope to be. He loves his enemies. Can you see this? That when, that when Jesus calls upon us to love our enemies, yes, that is a declaration of the law. It is a declaration of the expectations that God has for you and for me. But it is also a demonstration of the gospel. Because not only did Jesus command us to love our enemies, he also did it. He did love his enemies. I want to show you this here. I'm going to get really excited here. This is what Jesus is about. This is everything that Jesus came to do. He came to love his enemies. That's why he came down to earth to love people who were hostile to him. You know, that's what Lent is all about. We are, we are in this season of Lent to watch as Jesus takes everything that we could do to provoke him to be our enemy, right? What did we do? We took his shirt. We took his cloak. We litigated against him. We put him on trial and we rigged the jury so that he would lose. And why did we do it? So that we could take everything from him, including his life. 
We were absolutely hostile to him. And we put him on the cross so that he would die. And when he was hanging on the cross, do you think Jesus said, that's the limit of my love. You've met it. Do you think Jesus turned to his Father in heaven and said, turn your back on them? No. Jesus loved his enemies, and he did this his entire life. It wasn't just on the cross. He loved his enemies his entire life, right? When he was a baby, what happened? The king decided that he was going to come into the town where Jesus was living and kill all the baby boys because he couldn't stand having another king around. And so Jesus had to flee to Egypt. Can you imagine what that was like to know that someone was coming after your life like that? And then he came back to Beth, he came back to Nazareth and he grew up and, and, and the people that he grew up around, he knew them, he loved them like only God could. And then he started his ministry. He came back to his hometown. He preached the good news to them. And what did the people who knew him, who, who, who he loved, what do you think they did? They tried to kill him. They tried to throw him off a cliff. Do you, can, you, can you understand how, how hard that must have been for Jesus? And then all of this crested. It all crested in the moment where we decided in Jerusalem that we didn't only just want to kill Jesus, we wanted to torture him to death. Do you think on that cross he was talking to his Father in heaven and saying, this is it. I'm done with them. No. He took us into the most sacred place in his heart and he prayed for us. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Hope family, this is your God. This is your Christ. This is your Jesus who took everything that his enemies did to him, that we did to him, and he took it to the cross. And he did it out of love. And he did it because he wants to be with you forever. And people of hope, it is done. Because of Jesus' death, you are no longer his enemy. Your sins are gone. And Jesus is your perfect friend. Dear family, I wish to God that you didn't have to have enemies. I wish to God I could take them all away. I wish to God that there weren't people in your life who hurt you. I I wish to God that, that you didn't have to go through experiences where people hurt you and cut you to your heart. I wish to God you didn't have enemies, but if you're like me, you do, and you will continue to have them.
And you have been called to love them. You have been called to love them with an ultimate heavenly love. And while you struggle to do that in your life, I want you to know this. Know this deep down in your heart. Your God is not one of them. Your God is a God of cosmic, indiscriminate, indescribable, unconditional kindness. Your God is so perfect and kind in His love. He gave you Christ, who get this, understand this, keep this close to your heart. Your Christ was given to you, and your Christ loved you so much, and loves you so much, that He wears the scars that we gave Him as his crown and glory. And by the way, that's how you do it. That's how you love your enemies. Now, you're not going to be able to love your enemies through perseverance or, or through a force of will or dedication. You will be able to love your enemies when you understand that you were an enemy of Christ who has been redeemed and is an enemy no longer. That you are not an enemy of God that you are his own dear child. That the love with which you have been loved is so great and powerful and unconditional that it overflows out of you. Even to your enemies. Amen. Amen.